Welcome to Bros Before CEOs, the podcast that believes you should find more meaning in your job by developing rare and valuable skills. Join us this week as we talk all about how to capitalize on opportunity. Not only how to capitalize on it, but how to see opportunity coming from the distance. Learn how we have made mistakes and how we've gotten better in the skill on this episode of Bros Before CEOs. Five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. It's the Bros Before CEOs podcast. Bro, I'm not your bro, bro. If for 10 years, if you didn't avoid doing what you knew you needed to do. I think people can choose to be not ordinary. You're not everything you could be, and you know it. Bro, take it easy, okay? All right, and welcome back to a special episode of Bros Before CEOs. As you know, Tim is on a few-week hiatus, and I have been having special guests. And last week, I had my wife on. We talked all about how to identify your strengths and why that matters. This week, I have another special guest, and uh, she's actually been on the podcast before one time uh, when we talked about culture in the workplace, but it is my COO, my integrator, my right-hand man at work, Christy Kinley. Welcome, Christy. What's up? Happy to be here. Awesome. So this is the second time back, first time as like a solo guest. So really excited about that. And before we start, I have to um, address um, the elephant in the room. I am disgusting. I woke up this morning and played three rounds of disc golf and then went mountain biking and literally pulled into the driveway to record this as I was unloading my mountain bike. Um, so I am sweaty. So I you look like about that. you have a farmer's tan, but it's just dirt. Yes, yeah, it's, it's disgusting. So <laughs> um, this week we're talking all about opportunity. When I have guests on, I do a little opposite. Usually I feel like uh, people who have guests on their podcast have interview questions set up for their guests, but I make my guests come with topics. So Christy, why don't you tell us a little bit about this topic and why you thought it would be good to talk about? Sure. I specifically thought about the topic of opportunity because here of recent, we have taken over a second company, which you've talked about a little bit in, in uh, previous podcasts, but I feel like you and I both have a pretty good grasp on the skill set of seeing opportunity on a horizon and then taking advantage of all opportunities. So I always say I'm an opportunist, um, in the best way. So I, um, I chose that skill because as a young professional, I didn't know that was a skill. So that was a, um, that was a, a, something I learned along the way that it is a skill and it is a very valuable skill and it pushes you faster, further, faster, farther. There you go. Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So I think uh, being able to not only be ready for opportunities, but look for opportunities is something that's really important. And yeah, I definitely think that's a skill worth developing. So if you're listening to this, you're early in your career, maybe you're starting over in your career, you want to go further, faster. Um, not only being able to look for opportunities, but being ready for opportunities when they come is super important. So what is one step maybe that we could talk about first about how to either be ready for opportunities or how to look for opportunities coming along the horizon? Sure. I think understanding your current situation is probably the place you want to start. So what I mean by that is your current situation in terms of yourself. So I think a big piece of it is understanding what your goals are. So what's your long-term play? If you don't understand the end game, you won't understand which opportunities push you closer to that or push you further to that. So I think that's a big piece is just like understanding where you want to go. But the second piece of that, of understanding the current landscape is, are you in a business where there even is opportunity, what it looks like and how to capitalize on it? I think that's a, a really big piece is just understanding the current situation and where you, where you want to go. Yeah, I think one of the key things that we could hone in and talk about for a minute maybe is understanding where you want to go. So last week we talked all about strengths and I talked about how 
anytime I give advice to people about what they should do career-wise, the first thing I tell them is they need to understand their strengths, what they're uniquely gifted at that they could do better than anyone else because they'll do it more than anyone else. And I, one of the mistakes I see a lot of people making in their career is they are uh, yes men to opportunities. So any opportunity that comes, they're jumping on it. Yes, yes. And while at the beginning, that can be good. Specifically, if you're early in your career and you're kind of developing your strengths and you're developing what you're good at, you know, maybe there's no such thing as a bad opportunity. But as you continue down the path, there becomes like a tipping point where saying yes to every opportunity no longer is the best course of action. And so you have to identify where you're going, where you're wanting to end up and where you want to go and then ask yourself the question, is this opportunity moving me towards that or is it moving me away from that? And Sometimes moving you away from that could be okay if it's like a bigger or better opportunity than you thought. Sure. And sometimes I think with that tipping point, there can be distractions. So opportunities can pop up and be distractions. Take your time away from what you're trying to actually do. So I definitely would agree with that for sure. Yeah. And so I think um, if you are, if you're early in business or even, it doesn't really matter where you're at in business. One of the best things you can do, there's a saying, I can't remember where I picked it up from, maybe real estate, but it's um, where you, what you focus on experience expands. And so whatever you're aiming at, like as humans, like biologically, we've evolved to look where we need to go. So if you want to walk somewhere, you're looking for it. So like 101 mountain biking is if you want to uh, miss an obstacle, don't look at it. Because if you look at it, you're going to run right into it. You know, and now I'm a uh, frother. I've been frothing for a week. And, you know, it's the same thing. If you if you don't want to hit a tree, don't look at the tree, because wherever you're looking at, that's where you're going to go. And so many people that I run across, they're not looking anywhere. Mm-hmm. they're just kind of sitting around waiting for mm-hmm. the next opportunity with no direction. And typically what happens is when you start looking in a direction, maybe it's you want to get better at developing your leadership. And so you read a leadership book and you see what areas you're weak in. And you start looking at, okay, I'm looking for opportunities to improve this area, whether it's speaking in a uh, speaking in front of a crowd, you know, asking questions at meeting we talked about, um, or it's, you know, empathizing or active listening. Like that's one that I try to be really intentional with. So it's like, what are situations I can get in where I can be a really good listener? And, um, you know, as you start aiming and looking towards those things, all of a sudden opportunities will start popping up that you'll see that someone that's not looking for those opportunities won't see. Yeah. And I think that also gives you clarity. Um, there's, you know, you'll be, you'll be in a lot of positions, possibly, hopefully if you're lucky where you'll have a ton of opportunity in front of you. Maybe there's like those forks in the road, but I think having that focus on that end goal will give you that clarity that you need. And it makes it a lot easier to, to make the right decisions. Yeah, for sure. So there yep. used to be a, there used to be a thing I saw a long time ago and I've done it a couple of times when I've spoken on stage, but I did it once and it didn't work out. Cause I, it's like, uh, when you do, so I, one of my hobbies one day, one of my dreams is to be a, a close-up card magician. Close-up card magician. Like a, yeah, a card magician. Because I have a couple of tricks that are pretty good, but I just love that. I have so much respect for people who can do that. Um, and so one day when I'm old and retired, that's going to be something that I pursue. I'm very excited about that time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's similar. Like if you're if you're getting someone and you're like trying to do a card trick and you have someone that's being just an asshole, like the trick isn't going to go well, right? So I used to do this because I saw it one time until I just called on someone who decided they wanted to be an asshole. Um, but you, if you're like speaking in front of a big room, you get a couple, you get a volunteer. Maybe I saw like Tony Robbins or somebody do this, but you tell them, okay, just like obey the orders. So your only order is that you can only walk in a straight line. And what you do is they start walking a straight line, you put a chair in front of them. Mm. And so then they stop. And so then you say, okay, let's start over. 
this time I want you to get to that point on the other side of the room and walk as straight as you can. So they start walking, you put a chair in front of them, and then they just walk around it. And so the whole point is when you have a goal and you know where you're going and something comes up, you see an opportunity yep. to get around it. But if you're kind of going aimlessly and as something comes up, you don't see the opportunity. Sure. And so a lot of times, you know, especially I won't actually get into even what I was thinking, but, you know, people are like, well, you have so many opportunities. You know, there's so many things that go your way and, and things like that. It's like, man, I am just always looking for opportunities. Yeah. Um, and I am pretty like acutely aware of, you know, what, what I want out of life. And so that makes opportunities, you know, pop up easier for me, I think, than over the last couple of years, for sure, sure, than it did earlier on. What's your advice for somebody who has a hard time seeing that end goal or like finding that clarity? Because for me, I feel like one of the things I really struggle with is seeing far into the future. I'm a very like today man. Mm-hmm. So what would be your advice for someone who, you know, maybe they're young, maybe they're 25, early, early, early in their career, and they have no idea what that end goal looks like. like how do you... How do so you- this isn't for everybody maybe, but mm-hmm. I would start externally processing. So when you have mm-hmm. an idea, say it out loud in front of people. And yeah. in fact, I, I think I do this all the time. And so, you know, people around me like make lists of things that I say that I'm going to do or things like that. But, you know, I mentioned disc golf, um, which is funny because that's an opportunity. So like maybe like two months ago, Chelsea and I were talking and we were like, um, you know, we kind of have this plan for our finances for the whole year. And that plan doesn't include uh, getting any money back for taxes. And we got a little bit of money back for taxes, not a ton, but we just have this extra money. And we're like, well, what do we do with it? We can invest it. We can do this. I was like, why don't we, we watch a lot of TV and we mm-hmm. don't want to watch TV. Why don't we find a hobby? We got a little like seed money to start a hobby. So like, you know, cause hobbies can get expensive. Like let's right. just find a hobby and dump into it. So we started looking like, oh, maybe we'll do cooking. Maybe we'll do this. And I started telling people, you know, why don't, why don't we do hobby? And someone's like, Oh, you should try cooking. So we thought about it. And we're like, ah, oh, that doesn't really get us out of the house and, you know, doesn't do this. But, and, and really if we did cooking as a hobby, that would just mean Chelsea got a bunch of fancy things to cook with. Cause yeah, she, I was hoping gardening would stick because yeah. I just wanted, yeah, gardening I, was I wanted one. veggies. Yeah. Gardening was one. <laughs> I was really hoping that one was going to stick. But, but anyway, <laughs> so it's like, I, we've been saying that out loud and nothing's really stuck. And then about a week and a half ago, I got invited to disc golf and I've only been disc golfing like once. Sure. And it wasn't with, it wasn't like necessarily super fun, but I went with Tim actually. We disc golfed and it was a blast. And so I was like, hey, the next day I was like, I want to go try it again. Chelsea, why don't you come? And then boom, it's like, to me, like getting that one random invite was an opportunity mm. where now we've disc golfed like, I don't know, like 12 rounds in the last sure. week. Because we just love being outside. We love no phones, like just spending time in the woods together. Um, so I would say just say what you want to do out loud. And like- do it as early in the process as possible. I think that's one thing where it's like, if you followed me around 24 seven, you would hear so many opportunities that I never take advantage of or never come to fruition because I'm just saying it out loud and maybe someone like gives a little jab against it or something. I'm like, oh, you're right. That like fell apart. I'm like not interested in that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even yeah. after I am done saying it, I'm no longer interested in it. But you're just kind of like throwing ideas out. Like, like for instance, with this coughing, it's like, I would like a hobby where I'm away from my phone and away from screens to get to have a good conversation with my wife regularly. Oh yeah. That's pretty, that's worthwhile, right? Like, okay, I like that. So then it's like, then we went a month without finding anything and then boom, now we, you know, found something and who knows how long it sticks. Like maybe two months from now we don't disc golf anymore. Um, but it costs 50 bucks to get started and sure. it's free to play. So it's, sure. it wasn't like, you know, we're, we're deep in the hole. Yeah. I also think, I, I also think like 
kind of sprinkle on top of that is finding your purpose. So, you know, once you, I feel like once you find your purpose or maybe what your specific talents are, like why you were put on this earth, I think, I think goals become a lot more clear as well. So just to add into that is like speaking things out loud, but to back to the last episode of finding your strengths and like leaning into those and what does that look like? And maybe what role you can lean into those strengths and that purpose that you, you have yeah, is, is likely a good way to kind of think about that as well. Yeah. And I think people can get hung up too on the end goal and they try to like chart out their life yeah. in the future. But really the easier way to do it is, is like anybody can look at their life and see things that happen and see, oh, this happened for a reason. And that got me this opportunity yeah. that got me this and that got me here. But back when you took the opportunity, you had no idea where it's going to end up. And so I think a good question to ask is, is this actively turning me into the man or woman that I want to be in five years? Right. And if the answer is yes, even if it's not necessarily the quite the direction you were thinking about going, it's like, okay, cool. I would, I am making myself into an uh, actively better version of myself. Um, and when you do that, like every day, there are so many opportunities. It's like, if you think, I feel like a lot of people, especially at work, which is super interesting. Uh, it's what one day I want to write a book about, but people at work just look at work as like this big giant hole of 40 hours a week where you can just be neutral. Like you're not getting any better, but you're not getting any worse. And I think what people fail to realize sometimes is you are actively walking one way or another to form who you are. And so it's like what, what opportunities do is it lets you start moving towards who you want to become. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of talk about that. Like if you maybe don't have experience in a field and you want to take advantage of opportunities, how do you kind of like, what would you say? Like hit above your weight, like take opportunities maybe sure. that are a little farther ahead than maybe you're ready for. Well, I think when it comes to your career, you again, it's kind of back to my first point, but it's understanding your landscape. So how are you spending your time? Like what is your 80, 20? I think 80, like 80, 20 principle in this of, of your input gives you 80% of your output. So what is that in your role and understanding how are you spending your time and what's your capacity? So maybe you're not burning at your full capacity or maybe you are, I don't know. Um, But it's kind of understanding how you're spending your time in my opinion and kind of looking at it as like a puzzle and maybe where are those efficiencies where you can start squishing that time? Because a lot of times when you're, let's say you're an individual contributor at a job and you don't have the ability to maybe like delegate and elevate, or you don't have the ability to just not do portions of your job, right? You have, you have to do your job, but at the same time, you're trying to maybe take on extra responsibility or you're trying to uh, shift and move in different opportunities. So it's looking at your role that you're currently doing and how can you become more efficient or how can you 80, 20 that to see where you need to spend your time. So I think a lot of it is figuring out how your time is spent. Um, and if you have, let's say an extra 10% of time, how should you spend that? Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, where should you place that time? So I think that's a big piece of it. And to do that, I think you have to have the right conversations with the right people. So, uh, my thing is when I, I've had a, I've had a, a pretty interesting career path where my last like four to five positions, there's never been anybody in that position. So what I mean by that is, I have created opportunity in companies or like bringing value in, in making sure that value sticks in a sense of no one was doing the job and I like leapfrog them. I said, there's a need for this and I'm just going to start doing it. But with that, I had to make my time really efficient. 
Um, but it's also talking to your leader of maybe what is your end goal and making them very aware of your end goal so that they can have eyes out for other opportunities as well. Yeah. So that's an interesting perspective is like, you know, now as someone who runs a company, I'm actually running a like incubator where I'm just devoting a couple hours a week to like get people who aren't on the leadership team in a room to like brainstorm ideas of how they could like create a new product or, you know, create a new opportunity for themselves, you know, moving forward. And it's like, I am only interested in people who are doing their job really well. Like if someone comes up and they're like, you know, I have so much potential, I'm ready for an opportunity, but I'm not showing up for my current job well because I don't like it. It's not a good fit. It's like, Mm -hmm. all right, cool. The first question is, is it a competence thing? Like, are you not equipped to do the job in front of you? And, uh, you know, nine out of 10 times, if you're, you're not, you, you know, you're not hitting above your weight in like some super specialized role where you're like snuck in an interview and aren't qualified. The answer is probably no, it's not a competence issue. Like you have the ability to do it. Yeah. So what you're saying is I don't like this. And so I don't want to give my all, but I promise I have this like star player inside of me. I'm just not showing it. Right. Right. And so it's like, you know, this is why it's important, I think, to have an end goal to know where you want to go, because if you know where you want to go and what you're doing to get there, you can do a job you don't like for a year. Oh, for sure. You know, or it's like, I am going to grit my teeth. I'm going to be a star player. In fact, I remember when I got hired in real estate, I essentially was a cold caller. That was my job. Eight hours a day. I just had to call people. And I kind of thought I was a hot shot because I had, you know, been a sales manager in the car business and I was very young. Um, and it was the right call to put me there, but I was like, man, I'm giving my one year notice. Like I will do mm-hmm. this really great for a year and two things are going to happen at the end of the year. Either I didn't do a good enough job because I'm not cut out for this and that's okay. And then I'm going to make a career change or I do an exceptional job and blow things out of the water. And then I want a new opportunity because my time cap is about a year and that was just my goal going forward. And so for, you know, I don't know, I think I did that for nine months before I moved into a a really awesome role. But for those nine months, I was in early making cold calls, doing things that I did not like doing because I saw the end goal. Yeah. You know, everybody was in alignment with that. And that's something that, you know, I could respect with anyone. If anyone in the company came up and was like, hey, look, I want an opportunity in a year or a year and a half or whatever. And I'm going to do such a good job that you're going to give that it's going to be crazy not to be able to give me the opportunity and if I don't do a great job, then this isn't the right fit for me. And I'm going to, you know, exit in a year and a half. Like, you know, as long as that's shared expectations, I think that's a like great approach. Yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that. I think, I think also too, that when you're in a company and you understand the company's value and you understand the company's vision and you understand the company's mission, mission, not mission, mission, it's like following those things as well making sure you are fulfilling those values, making sure you are pushing towards that vision, make sure you are pushing towards that mission. And if you are doing those things really well and you're doing your job really well and you are understanding the landscape and you're understanding what opportunities can come up and you're understanding how you're currently spending your time and how you can free your time, then there should be no reason why you can't push towards that end goal faster. Yeah. And I see a lot of this, a lot of this, like the opposite of this or pushback on this idea from people mainly on TikTok and social media and like Facebook and social media, which is like, 
oh, don't buy into this. Like, this is just corporations trying to get more out of you without paying you more. It's like, screw it. Even if that's true, go do it for a year yeah. and out hit like hit above your weight class and then go leverage that and go get a different job. Right. Like maybe they're trying to use you to be a workhorse and get extra money. It's like, cool. What else are you going to do? Like go do a really good job, do it for a year, get some responsibility and then leverage those new skills that you learn and go get a better job. But it's yeah. like the answer isn't show up to work and do the minimum possible. Yeah. I think, I think a lot with millennials just like hit on that or gen, gen Z, gen X, gen I don't, YZ. I don't even know where we are at this point. Gen something. Um, but the generation now is like, they're very title driven. They're very status driven. Um, and they want to do the glamorous jobs, but it's like, Sometimes you just got to show up and you have to do the cold call job. Like you said you did, or, you know, I did customer support for 10 years and that stuff's hard. Uh, yeah. Like working in retail is hard and, and doing all that stuff is, is really difficult, but it's like, what skills are you learning? So if you're focusing on those skills that you're learning and not what your title says or not what your role is or not where you are in the company, it's like really hone in on those skills that you're learning, because I guarantee you, if you do those jobs really well, and you get good feedback from your leader and you really, really, really press in, you're going to learn some valuable, valuable skills that will take you far. Yeah. And inevitably I've seen this happen over and over again, where someone is very title driven Yeah, and they think, Oh, I'm going to be a you know middle manager. I'm going to like be a manager for the first time. And then my job is going to be easy. Yep. Because, and part of that is like, I essentially, I think a way to process that is like, I have a lack of trust in the people that are leading the company and think that they're lazy. And so I'm going to get a job and I'm going to get to be lazy. And it's like, guess what? That is not true if you're in a well-structured company. Typically, the more you move up, the more you have to care and the harder the job is, which is why there's like financial benefits, obviously. Like, you know, someone that has more responsibility should get paid more in a company, but that means their job should also be harder and more stressful. And there's a lot of balance in that. So if you're like opportunities aren't driven along how you're improving as a person, you know, you're, you're just like, there's always the next thing. The grass is always greener on the other side, whether it's a position or when I get this title or even monetarily, like I've said it before, like once you're making enough money to like survive, you're like, okay, cool. If I can go from 75 to a hundred, I'm going to be set. And guess what? If you don't like look for opportunities to be financially disciplined, you get to a hundred and you're just as broke as when you're making 75 and then you get to 150 and you're just as broke as when you're making a hundred, because if you're not growing, in your financial literacy and your financial discipline, your problems just get bigger the more money that you make. Yeah, I think that comes around, that, that kind of circles around to being ready for opportunity, not even just in the time or capacity or efficiency sense, but being ready for opportunity in a personal sense. So it's like, what skills do you need to practice? Or maybe what are some of your blind spots you need to lean into? Or, um, even for you as a person, like, is there some stuff around you as a person that you're just, you're just not great at? Um, that could be emotional intelligence. It could be interpersonal skills. That could be leadership. That could be, you know, conflict management. It could be a million different things, but it's about looking at yourself as a holistic human being and being like, what do I need to lean into? What do I need to work on to make sure that when that opportunity arises, I can take that and I can do well at it. Um, not, I can take that and now flounder in it and have to learn these different skill sets because I didn't learn them when I had the opportunity to learn them. Yeah. And I think that's a good perspective of like when things are tough at your job, 
or tough in life. So this is like more life advice, but obviously is relevant for a job is like, not everything is fair. Not everything like happens for a reason where it's going to work out great for you. But if you can shift your mindset from like, Oh, well, it's me. This terrible thing is happening to what are the opportunities where I can learn and be a better person on the other side of this? It's crazy when you connect the dots on the, on the backside. Like, so for instance, when we started implementing EOS, we went through a lot of hardships. Like we went through some staff attrition issues with, you know, the great resignation working in a tech company and then also bringing this new system that we were sticking to and then dealing with like real, like learning real, like how to get to conflicts in the workplace and talk through them where you like your team feels like it's throwing in the same direction. And it's like, I feel like we literally spent two years doing that, working through all of these hard things. And we finally got the company to a place where it's like, man, everyone's running in the same direction. Everyone is in the right seat and is the right person for that seat. Everyone's bought in for the vision. Like everyone knows how to deal with conflict. Like there's no like, like side conversations, like everything is running so smoothly. And as soon as that, like the pendulum hit that, it's like, cool, here's a new company Mm -hmm. with all of those same problems you were dealing with three years ago for you to go do again. And the second time is literally so much easier. I think several times I've been in conversations with people and it's like, it's like, I am such a better leader the second time around because I've been through it. And I literally told someone earlier, we were going through something that seems really tough and they're kind of like frustrated. I was like, listen, I feel like I have a time machine and I'm coming back from the future after solving this problem, telling you I know exactly what we need to do to get to the other side of this problem, to the solution. And it's because I literally just did it with a similar size company with similar problems. And I'm so confident that we'll be able to get through it. And it's going to look like this, this, and this. And I think that's the difference between being confident versus being arrogant. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the first time around, it was like, hey, we're buying into the system. We're trusting the system. Like, we're paying coaches. We think this is going to work out and we're making a call, but I'm super nervous behind closed doors. Like, gosh, is this the right call? Like, did we make a mistake? Then we got through the hard work. We got to the other side. Now, when I'm doing it, not only do I have the same system, not only do I have the same coaches, but now I've done it. And so it's like, there's just a different level of confidence to come in and be able to solve problems because I've done, because I took the opportunity to do it once. Yeah. I think that that goes back to that. I think that's why we could double our workload is because we've done it once. We know the right answers, you know, not all the time. I'm going to say 80% of the time we know, we know what needs to be done. It's just executing what needs to be done. But that's to the point of like, if you're an individual contributor, cause not everyone's in a, a CEO seat like you are, but like, if you're an individual contributor, get really good at your job so that your efficiencies can compound on one another. So what I mean by that is, you know, your first day, it takes you a long time to do those tasks, but on your 100th day, it's going to take you a lot shorter. And it's just like compounding your time up so that you can do it with your eyes closed. So you can open your capacity to maybe learn a new skill set or take something that the company needs done and do it. Um, yeah. On like an individual level, it's like, it baffles, it like blows my mind. How many people, if I like sit at a random company and listen to a call, it's like, there's only so many reasons people will give you why they're not going to buy your product. There are so, there are only so many reasons why a customer is going to be upset. There's only so many problems in a company that can happen. Like they're, they all are the same at the end of the day. I mean, maybe there's more of them. There's a wider range and they maybe are dressed differently, but they're all the same problems at the end of the day. Yeah. So like if you get 
every third client calls and they're upset about this one thing. Like figure out the best way to solve that mm-hmm. problem. And then and then the fifth time that that problem comes up, you should be a pro and someone should look at you and go, oh my gosh, how are you so good at solving this client problem? Or you automate it. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Automate. Like if you're seeing, if, if everything's flowing through you because you do your job every day and you do it well and you pay attention, like it, you can eliminate one fifth of your time working on your job. If you just automate all the repetitive stuff you have to do, like figure out a way to automate it. Um, but yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And I think that, and those are the people that are opportunity magnets Yep, because they're constantly either getting so good that it's not taking a lot of their brain space or they're automating certain things. And so then it's like, okay, I'm already used to running at this capacity and now I've just dumped off a lot of my workload. Now I can take on more capacity. Yeah. Where some people who aren't like opportunity driven or opportunity magnets, they do those same things so they can work as little as possible. Correct. That's the difference. So if you take that, that excess time and you have good conversations with leaders in the company or good conversations with your manager, or maybe even good conversations with your coworkers of like, how can I take this extra time I have and bring value versus how can I take this extra time I have and sit on YouTube? Yeah. And it's like, it really concerns me with everyone working from home where it's like there are people that feel like they are getting over on the system by, you know, I met someone that I know well, I don't know well, but I know and have a high like esteem for. And they were essentially had got their job down to like being able to babysit a laptop for five hours a week. Gosh. And that's what they are doing working from home. And so part of it could be like, well, that's the company's fault. They're not giving them enough or they're not right. like doing the KPIs or, you know, a popular one is like, well, if the company's happy with that work, why not? Who cares? Like if they're getting their work done. But what right. I'm saying is like, who cares about the company? If you're in your 20s or 30s specifically and you waste a year, two, three, four years, however long you can get by on this, you may feel like you're getting by on something, but it's like you are. Unless maybe you're like a super rare charlatan where you're like only working five hours to go like learn a new skill or like go to school full time or something. But most of these people are like doing it to watch YouTube or spend, you know, more time with their dog. It's like, man, you literally are the the loser in that situation is going to be your five year version of yourself. That is correct. Because you're not actively using the time that you have, especially in your 20s and 30s to progress as fast as possible. And what's going to happen is. Five years from now, the people who didn't take that break when they work from home are going to be so much farther ahead of you. There's no way you're going to be able to catch back up and you're just going to be behind for the rest of your life moving yep. forward. Yep. I, I I completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. So I tell Chelsea all the time, especially with this, because she works from home um, like a couple of days a week. Chelsea also works about 60 hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is a good She's example of-, hard. of <laughs> of you just because you work from home doesn't mean that you're doing this. Like she has gained so many skills in this new job in the last six, seven months, however long she's had it because she works her butt off. And, and so it's like, man, I tell her all the time, like, I think it's less about us moving forward and it's just everyone else is moving backwards at such a fast pace that we're going to continue to rise to the top of the, like, you know, cream of the crop career wise because we're just not some of we're not in the group that's moving backwards. We're moving forward. And it's like doubling our progress over people because there are just some people that are not investing in their self. They're not picking up any new skills. 
they're not growing and they and the crazy thing is they think they're getting over on people because what they're thinking is all about the boss and all about the the evil corporation and not about how am i taking advantage of opportunities with the time that i have you know now but also too i think you define what getting over a company means so for some people the value or motivation of themselves in doing that is they're just not very career focused, career driven. I don't think that's people that listen to this podcast, yeah. but th- those people exist. And I think that's okay. Um, I just don't, you know, that's just not going to bode the results of opportunity or getting to your end goals. Unless your end goal is just working five hours a week and, you know, having a work life, more life balance <laughs> of like hanging out with your kids all day or, you know, whatever. Like some people have other motives behind yeah, that. Yeah. I, I just think that it's not a sustainable thing. That's, that's going to for corporations. No, that's going to hit ahead. Sure. Or yeah. Like, I don't totally agree with that. This is a, a short time in history. I think I, I'm not under the belief that everyone's going to be virtual and working from home in, in 10 years and, and no one's going in the office and everybody's working, you know, 15, 20 hours a week and getting their work done. Um, yeah. Also I, I too, it's, it's like, go ahead. But well, the spontaneous conversations of, and, and now I'm off, we're off on a, a work in office tangent, but like even the spontane- spontaneous conversations you and I have had, or, um, me and some of my employees is like how to bring value to the company. You have to be really plugged into that. If you want to, if you want to gain opportunity, because I had this conversation with my husband a, a couple of days ago of, you know, he feels like he's bringing a lot of value to his company and he's like been working really hard and doing all the things and doing the most. And I asked him, I said, well, have you ever asked your boss what value, like the boss is the owner of the company. So that's a little bit of a unique perspective, but have you ever talked to the owner about what brings value to his company? And he was like, no. And I was like, so you're just assuming what you've been doing for the last two years is of value to the company. Yeah. And it's like, I think in person, a lot of those conversations happen organically or randomly or spontaneously. And you can be really plugged into that a lot better in my opinion. Yeah. And so yeah, like I think there are plenty of people who are from home that do a great job and yeah. it definitely is role dependent. I personally couldn't do it. Um, and and I wouldn't want to, you know, actually one of the companies we run now is virtual only and that's that's a whole different thing. And it's a bu- it comes with a whole subset of challenges. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is it, it's not about the company. It's not about what's better, work from home or work in person. It's, hey, take advantage of your opportunities and look for opportunities to learn because to be honest, a lot of the opportunities that I learn by by you know first running a team and then you know running more teams and then eventually getting to run a company and now running two companies like like one and i've said this before like you can be anywhere you want to be in five years like five years ago i was like five years ago four and a half years ago like i was in a new city starting a job running a sales team with one person so i was essentially a glorified salesperson with one salesperson that reported to me with no experience in the industry, not in a great spot and not like feeling like I took a major step back in my career, you know, and now I get to run, you know, multiple companies and it's really fun. It's like anyone can make a ton of progress, but the way you make that progress is by constantly looking for opportunities. And even if you're not career focused, like I am a better person because of the opportunities, not only that I take, I mean, I take opportunities in my personal life as well, but like because of the opportunities I've taken at work has made me into a like better holistic person where it's like I have picked up a lot of like financial discipline and physical fitness discipline and, you know, relational discipline and 
like leadership qualities outside, you know, that go outside of work and like being able to have a plan and see that plan come into, you know, be come into fruition. That's a skill that has manifested itself in like a lot of areas of my life. And so it's not only about like, well, if I'm not career focused, it's just like you're getting paid to spend 40 hours of your week. You might as well be super opportunity driven and be looking for opportunities. And then also that means doing a good job where you're at so that people are excited to give you opportunities. Yeah. It's, it's about being excited to do what you're doing currently, but also understanding that just because it's not a glorified way of learning a skill, like sitting with a coach or reading a book or watching a YouTube video where you can learn all these skills. It's like every day in a role, there is a way to polish skills and it's, it's understanding and being excited about that, I think is, is makes a big difference. But what would you say Houston in terms of like physical, like new opportunities, what would you say for someone who wants to go talk to their boss about that? Cause you have a unique perspective on that of like, how would someone have that conversation? Yeah. So I think, um, this is, this is something that happens pretty often with me actually, probably for the past like month and a half, at least once a week, I've had someone from one of the organizations mm-hmm. cause I've been very vocal about, Hey, I want to keep talent in our companies, which means that I'm going to have to give more and more opportunities. And so if you are confused about your path in this company, or you're looking for opportunities, come talk to me. And I've had at least one conversation a week with people to get to talk to. And so one thing that I would say first, like barrier to entry is in, in our company. So I can't speak for all companies is you're, you're living out our values. Cause we take those very seriously and you're doing a good job at what you're doing. And so then, um, what you're doing is I want to get behind people with opportunities. I tell them that all the time. So we're actually having this like incubator thing to help people think through opportunities. Cause what I want to do is say, here is the easiest way for me to get behind opportunities. So the easiest way for me to get behind opportunities. And what I mean by me getting behind it, isn't me excited about it. It's me being able to put money towards it, whether that's a promotion or hiring more resources or buying new softwares or doing whatever is, it's got to have a path to revenue. Mm-hmm. So at least for where we're at, cause we're in like a high growth, like tech world. A path for revenue or saving revenue. Or saving revenue, yeah. So a a path to, even like a path to growing the the top line is easier to give opportunities than by increasing the bottom line, like the the profit. Um, But so what I do is, and, and I know not everybody has this, but it's like, I want to give people opportunities. So what I'm trying to do is like, I'm literally teaching a class right now on how to get an opportunity. And another thing is from a leadership standpoint, so if you're leading people, you should always be open to any idea that anyone has. So I remember, and I think maybe I've shared this before, but it's just a really good example of this. Um, So I had a boss one time in real estate and we were, I can't remember, we were doing something, we were driving, we saw like these new Audis, like this new Audi drive by and it was like in the company color. And I was like, I just got promoted to like sales manager. I was like, man, we should get company cars. Like the leadership team should get company leases. That'd be nice. And his answer was, hey, we should sit down and look at what the company would need to look like to make that happen. Yeah, the answer is never no. Right? So it's like somebody's like, hey, I want a promotion. It's like, cool, let's sit down and talk about what world the world would actually need to look like to give you that. Or I want to like start create this new product. Mm-hmm. Right? And so for someone, for someone coming in, it's just like, you need to assess by asking and talking. 
And I think a great question would be, and I can't imagine any boss and it may be people are, some people are just in a bad work environment yeah. and that's reasonable. And so then it's, Hey, build as many opportunities as possible. Like if I was, so first part, if you're in a bad work environment where you can't do this, get would, a new job. I would be looking at <laughs> industries where you feel like you can move towards opportunities and then go, what opportunities do I need to take advantage of to be able to go do this? Because yep. the truth is, let's say you're 30 years old and you realize I'm kind of in a dead end career. I've not been doing good. And this is what I'm really passionate about. But to do that well, like to actually get a shot at that, I have to go to school. I don't have a college degree. So I don't have to go to school. I'm about to pick up these skills and I'm about to get this experience. But then if I had all that, I could get this, but it's going to take me four years. It's like, cool. Well, now you have two choices because in four years, you're going to be 34 years old, regardless of if you did that or not. And so four years can seem like a long time, but it's not that long. Right. And so sometimes you have to go look at opportunities that you can take advantage of to get a new opportunity. But if you're in a reasonably like decent place, you know, even if the even if the company is selfish, like they want to make more money, like that's how they look at. So what I would do is I would go and say, let's say that you're like entry level. What makes my boss look good? Yeah, because those are ideas that they're going to get behind. Yep. Right. That's the an idea I can bring to my boss and she'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm happy to do that because that's actually going to be helpful for, for me. So even if they're like self-absorbed and terrible, if you can do something that makes them look better, you know, again let them think they're getting over on you but really what you're doing is you're getting an opportunity and you're getting more responsibilities to push your yourself further farther faster yep um but then i think what you said you're talking to your husband like make sure you're going in the right direction right like if there's a job that you want in your in your if there's like a certain position you want at your job like just go ask like what would need to happen for me to be able to do this. And maybe there, maybe the, the part, the answer is, well, you got to build these skills and you got to replace yourself. So then it's like, okay, cool. Those are two really good things that can work on one, how I could replace myself. So maybe that's like getting certain systems and like SOPs written down so that you could, you know, replace yourself easily and getting everything out of your head. Because the truth is one of the hardest things. And I think this has specifically been hard for me and it's been hard for people in the company is there's an opportunity we want someone to take, but literally they're the only person that knows how to do their job and it's not written down and it's in their head. Yep. Right. And so that's a roadblock for taking opportunity. So those are like maintenance issues that you have to take care of to be able to get the next opportunity, even if you're ready. Yeah. Um, but like I said, when we talked about the public speaking one, like just ask, like who cares what people think? Right. And start saying it out loud. Like I remember one of the first jobs I got in leadership, um, we were at a, a, a big company meeting and they're like, we're going to create this leadership position. We're going to hire for it in eight months. And I stood up in the room in front of everyone and said, hey, I just want everyone to know I intend on applying and getting that job. So then my boss came up to me after. I was like, hey, I appreciate what you said. I'm going to be honest. Uh, we're probably looking for outside hair on this one because we want someone more experienced like this or that. Like you don't really have any, you, you know, you don't have experience. Like that's just kind of where we're at. I said, cool. I want to let you know my job over the next eight months is to do such a good job where if you hire someone from the outside, everyone is going to literally revolt and quit because I'm already doing the job and everyone's going to feel like you shafted me. Yeah. And it's like, how can you say, what can you say to this? Like, I'm just going to do so good at my job and I'm going to help other people for free because it was a sales manager job. 
and I'm going to step in and help with their training and help with their coaching and be this advocate for them. And I'm going to bust my butt for eight months and do such a good job that when it comes time to hire, if you think about hiring someone from the outside, literally people are going to freak out and be like, this is too much. Like, yeah, you're pigeonholing. Like, there's right. no way they can't do that. Right. And so that's that's what ended up happening. Like, right. I ended up getting the job. And so I always tell people, like, title catches up to the action. Yeah. And so that's another good thing is, like, you know, even if you have a, a bad boss or a bad work environment, like, you can get some sway because everyone leads someone and leadership is just influence. So even if you're not in a leadership position, if you can get influence over your team and you're doing the job and then the title, it comes time to give someone that title. What you want is I just I actually just had this conversation with someone who wants an opportunity that's coming up in the next year in one of the companies. And I was like, cool. If. And this is always interesting for me because I don't want to because I'm not speaking as boss in this because I don't want to like overstep bounds with people. But I was like, OK, cool. If we hired someone else for that position today. Whether it's someone else on the team or it's outside hire, would anyone on your team be upset and feel like you are definitely like getting the raw end of this deal because you're doing that job and I see you as the leader and you should be getting this. And the answer was no. I was like, cool, that's problem one. Yep. Right, go do the, like go be that person, especially if it's in leadership, go get the influence, go get the buy-in from the team. And then when it's time to give a title out, we're gonna look and say, is anyone already doing this that we could give this title to? Yeah, it's the obvious choice. That, and that's the easiest way yeah. to get opportunity, in my opinion, with a company is just go do such a good job. Um, because if you think about it from like a boss's perspective, and this was kind of my path at 97 when I started as, you know, I had one salesperson, started doing a good job. There was a marketing person that was like, didn't have a home. I was like, hey, I'm doing a good job with sales. We're, we're, we're doing way better than expected. Give me the marketing person. So then boom, I'm sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we had, cause we're SaaS or recurring revenue, you know, sometimes people leave and we didn't really have a good system and process in place for that. So I saw a hole. So I went, I was like, Hey, look, we need a better system and process for this. It's going to require higher. Here's, here's all the reasons why we should make the higher from like a financial standpoint, like an objective standpoint. And here's all the reasons why that higher should be on my team from a look at my track record of what I did with sales and now what I'm doing marketing. And then all of a sudden now I'm, over all of growth. So I'm over all of new sales and all of like revenue leaving. So I'm helping both. And so it's just like people like to get behind momentum. So if you're doing good with one thing and then you get a second thing, it's how we got the second company. Yeah. It's like, we're doing good with one. Now we're doing good with two in a year. We may be doing good with four because if we do good with two, then we can get two more. And then we do good with four. Then we can do good with 10. Yep. And you know, that's kind of what I see my path or our path really. Um, going down and it's really just people you built you start building trust with people who are giving opportunities and you know for me that trust is holistic and that's something that i try to do that's why i try to preach like you should try to have every area of your life in shape right because if you're really good at one part of your job you're really good at your career but everything else in your life is going terrible and off the rails it's like how reliable on a pinch are you going to be like which version of you is going to show up to this opportunity? The version that takes this one thing that you really like seriously, or this version that doesn't do a good job at all when things get hard and any other aspect of your life. Yeah. I I, I would, I would co-sign on all of that. I think in, in theory, just do the job that you want is good. Practically. I think that's very difficult, especially when you're not in a small company. 
So my question would be like on the backs of that, practically, how do you just start doing the job you want? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I've always just said like, and granted, a lot of my experience has been in sales. So sales is always easy, but like every time, every time I've gone from in production salesperson to sales manager, before I did that, I started, so this is just an example of sales of being opportunity driven, not financially driven. Mm-hmm. So in the car business, I wanted to be the sales manager. So the sales manager just gets to close the bit. The sales manager is the person that no one likes because once the guy that you, you became friends with for an hour and showed you the car comes and talks about the numbers, they go get the sales manager, the sales manager yeah. sits down, right? That's what I love doing. And I was very inexperienced. And, you know, people in the car business, because the money's pretty good, stay for a long time. So there's a lot of people vying for that. And so in the car business, the way it worked and, and the car, and that was a pretty, that was a, you know, there's like seven or eight different uh, stores. So it was fairly, that was the like, okay. biggest company yeah. I've been a part of. So there was like maybe, you know, a hundred salespeople. So first I started doing my job really well. I started winning competitions. Then I started winning competitions where I sold the most in a month out of all the stores. And so then I started, you know, getting attention from people. Then I was like, I, I want to be sales manager. Everybody's like, cool put your 10 years in and then you can be sales manager. Right. So in the car business, I found some, I found a really big niche where I could, I got really good at closing a very specific type of deal where I could make more money, especially on new cars for the company and for myself. Then typically with car sales, you make a lot of money on used cars and new cars uh, bought traditionally, you don't make any money. Mm. The salespeople don't. And so I got really good at leasing cars where you can make a little more money. And so then if, if this, we needed a sales manager, so this is kind of like an example of how you do another job and be opportunity focused. We needed a sales manager. We didn't have one. And so what happened is a lot of the senior salespeople would go to the new people and be like, Hey, you go do all the stuff and you sit them down and then I'll close them, but I want half your deal. So I'm going to take half your commission. I'm going to take half your unit. So it's going to go to my bonus. And you had a bunch of people that have been there for a long time. And that's what they did. They just preyed on the new people and did that. So new people didn't like giving that, but sometimes they had to because they were bad at closing. Right. Well, I was good at closing. And so I started saying, well, if I don't have a client, I'm not going to make any money in this half hour. I'll do your deal for free. I'll yeah. sit down and I'll be the sales manager and not get paid. And so then what that allowed me to do is instead of maybe like getting one or two or three on a busy day opportunities to sit down and try to close someone on a Saturday, all of a sudden I was getting six to 10 opportunities. Mm. And so what happened is, instead of getting 15 opportunities a week to build that skill, I started getting 50 opportunities a week and I was still making the same amount of money. Right. So I just had to work harder to get mine. And then when I was free, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, Hey, you're working somebody. Let me, I'll sit down, I'll close them. Right. And so it's like, sometimes you have to put money, not on the like forefront of your brain and start looking for those opportunities. And, and with bigger companies, maybe if you're in production, it's hard. And so, yeah, like I said, what you may, what you may have to do is start looking at opportunities outside of your company. I go, what skills could I build up for the next year to have some really good things to say in an interview process when they ask me like, what are some accomplishments I've had or what are some skills that I built up? But what are ways I could bring value to this company that I really want to work for? And you just go do it. And come in early or stay late or read books or or get really good if you're like a customer service person or like, let's say you're like, you know, a telemarketer or whatever, like get really good at your scripts, get mm-hmm. really good at things where people start coming to you for advice. Yeah. 
And when people start coming to you for advice and start asking you questions, that's when you know that you're building a rare and valuable skill that people want to go off of. And that's kind of like the whole idea of season two of this podcast is find rare and valuable skills that you're good at, that people will pay you money for. And when you get really good at that, people will take notice no matter what size company you're in. Yeah, that's also an easy way to bring value to the people around you and to win influence over those people around you. So it kind of circles back to your point of opportunity and that's to move up in leadership specifically because leadership is just influence. But um, that is a quick, easy way to gain influence is like train others and bring them value and like close the deals for free, yeah. you know, and, and and maybe they get to sit alongside you and, and learn some stuff or, you know, what have you. But that's a great way just to get some easy influence, easy wins um, to bring value to others. And even if like, even if you're like early, early in your career and you're working like at fast food. Uh-huh. It's like if you're the person that shows up and is always in a good mood mm-hmm. and is always like there to help and always there to give a little bit of experience. I don't know about you, but I've actually like a handful of times given my card to someone. I just did this maybe like six months ago at Domino's because I go to Domino's like once every three weeks to get my like just like I'm done for the day pizza and I just eat a large pizza yeah. and just like veg out <laughs> and I went to Domino's and, you know, you just kind of get the same experience. But it was this person on the phone. They were great. Yeah. And I get there and she's just like, Peppy, ask about my day, like making sure everything's done, like blah, 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 blah. And I literally pulled out my card and was like, hey, if you're ever interested, like in looking at a career, like give me a call. Yeah, I've done that probably 10 times. And so it's like, that's a way to get opportunities. Mm hmm. Right. You want people, people that's infectious, like people want someone that enjoys their job because it's like, man, if you could enjoy working at a fast food restaurant or you can enjoy being in a call center. Like one time I was at a, I got a cold call and I always like give people a little time to get in their script. Most times people like sat, you know, robotic voice. Yeah. But I had one person so great. And I was like, yeah, I was like, Hey, I'm going to be honest. I'm not interested at all, but let me give you my email. Like if you're ever interested, like That's this so is what I do. Like give me a, yeah. you know, shoot me an email and we'll see if we can, you know, do something because you are fantastic. Yeah. And people like people who are good at their jobs and seem to be enjoying it. And I think a lot of times that's what has given me opportunities is I always, you know, we've said it before, like it's always sunny and 70 was the yep. the saying in the car business. Like it's always good weather. There's no excuse. Like if you act like that, you're going to be a magnet, even for people outside of your work that you interact with. If you're at an entry level job or you're dealing with the public where people are like, man, if I had a worker like you in this position, you know, and that's another thing of, and we won't get into that. We've gotten into it before, but like, expanding your network yeah like being intentional about going after uh you know tim and i did a whole episode on that and since then you know i've we've done the podcast with mark winners like we've gotten some really really cool opportunities with people and it's because like the opportunity with mark winners with rocket fuel is because we are just like so enthusiastic about running eos which he's a part of that we got referred to him by someone else who knew us and saw us run eos so it's like People are attracted to that. That's how I got, um, fun, fun fact. That's how I got my role at 97. I worked across the hall, started building a relationship with them, was good at my job, was peppy, was a positive attitude. Let them use the water fountain in our office. You never yeah. know. You never know what'll win them over. Yeah. So and boom, they were looking for a service person. I was like, you got your girl. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's exactly how so, that happened. Yeah. That's the thing is like always have a good attitude. Yeah. People, you mean, just never know. Yeah. Who's going to, who's going to not like that. And especially right. if you're in a job where no one has a good attitude. Yep. 
even if your job doesn't reward that, it will be seen by somebody. That's correct. Even if like you're not customer serving and you're not customer facing, but you're just at a party with someone and you talk about your job differently. Like you can recognize people who are like looking for opportunities. And I can tell you from interviewing and looking for jobs, that's exactly who we're looking for. Yep. I would agree. Like 10 out of 10 times for most of our roles, unless you're super specialized, I'd much rather take someone who's just like got a really big fire and knows what they want out of something than someone who has a lot of experience and is like, well, yeah. And doesn't just doesn't hold the passion for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's infectious as well. You're, you're either going to infect it one way or the other. Awesome. Well, I hope everyone listening to this got a bunch of value and maybe we'll take a look at how they are looking at opportunities, how they're preparing for opportunities and how they're looking into the future to be a magnet for opportunities. Uh, if you enjoyed this, let us know, follow us on social media, feel free to reach out and we will see everyone next week. Five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. It's the Bros Before CEOs podcast. Bro, I'm not your bro, bro. If for 10 years, if you didn't avoid doing what you knew you needed to do. I think people can choose to be not ordinary. You're not everything you could be, and you know it. Bro, take it easy, okay?